0: Hey guys, welcome to the kids table. Today we're watching The Page Master, which is the 1994 movie starring Macaulay Culkin and Christopher Lloyd. The summary is as follows. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I doing so well. Just keep reading. Okay. <clears throat> hey guys, welcome to the kids table. <laughs> <laughs> Matt does not like this black girl's phone voice. guys welcome to the kids table
1: hello hi this is live (laughs) are we
0: hi okay so i just i want to explain this really quickly because we've made the mistake of having matt on with his brother and this episode could get a little
1: we sound absolutely identical without the visual component um so i'm sorry (laughs) i don't know
0: Yes. Hey, yeah. Jake, no, I do you want to
1: say hi? <clears throat> hi, I'm Jacob Torpy, so I'm the co-host's brother, so <laughs> I'm going to sound remarkably similar to him. I apologize if you think that uh, basically it's one person talking for a large portion of the podcast.
0: Matt really begged me to allow his brother to be on this episode because apparently they have some very strong uh, childhood memories of the page master.
1: We've watched this movie a ton yeah it was a it was a uh, grandparents house vhs staple of our sort of cinematic diet and uh i don't know i remember watching it like um at least 20 times
0: meanwhile at my grandparents house i watched bat fink reruns um and so i've never seen this movie so what this is one, bat fink uh bat fink is a old cartoon short that i think used to be attached to be like 1970s album and the chipmunk shorts
1: Oh, Jesus. okay. <laughs> Hipster over here. Oh,
0: no. No, I just spent a lot of time at my grandparents' house.
1: <laughs> so did we. Well,
0: your grandparents were cooler than mine, I
1: guess. <laughs> That's not true. <Drew.
0: laughs>
1: no, our our grandparents would, more often than actually having a VHS of the movie that you wanted to watch, what our grandpa would do was um, read TV Digest. What is that book called? Where Reader's you would, Digest. Reader's Digest. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and he would look at it. Yes. And basically, pick what shows he wanted to record for the day, and then put a blank VHS tape <laughs> in the VHS recorder and record the show, commercials and all, and then cut out in Reader's Digest the little summary of the movie and, with the title and tape it to the VHS. So those were most of That's the movies amazing. at our grandparents' house. Yeah, <laughs> and because he was undiagnosed in terms of an obsessive compulsive disorder, <laughs> uh, there were just like anthologies of these movies with like the, like, the, like, little description, the little presses in the, like, TV guide or Reader's Digest, like, 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 exacto bladed out, and then (laughs) meticulously taped onto the covers of the VHS, and then, like, archived.
0: (laughs) That that sounds so much better than my grandparents' house.
1: Yeah, so most of our movie-watching experience was, you know, like a movie on TV and you had to fast forward through the commercials even though mm. it was yeah VHS it was ridiculous. Do you know
0: what I recorded on VHS? What? Episodes of Deep Space 9. I love
1: Deep Space 9. I didn't I was never I never ended up watching that one. The only did... movie I ever saw with Star Trek was the one with the uh like the zombie cyborgs or whatever they're called. That's called First the ones where they get shot. There's a great slow motion scene where everybody gets shot in the space station. It turns zero gravity. And people start getting shot. That's and First the Contact. Blood. That's First Contact. That's yeah. First Contact. That's yeah. the yeah. best one. That's the one I remember.
0: Anyway. Sorry. sorry. I so was just saying that to point out that you guys were obviously cooler. Anyways, the
1: Master was one of a couple okay. actual movies on VHS that we owned in our grandparents' house. But the other being Sword in the Stone. Right. Also featuring oh, a, good, a blonde-haired child with a mop of hair. You yeah, know? that's
0: a good uh, movie to watch like either prior or afterwards.
1: Yeah, we, oftentimes we would. Yeah. So this has this has like deep childhood imprints in our brains. That's yeah. all. That's all we're trying to get at. Yeah.
0: Whereas mm-hmm. the literally the only thing I I vaguely remember about this movie, having never seen it, was that when Matt brought up that he wanted to watch it, I was like, oh, that's the movie where the child had the really pink lips.
1: The lips definitely varied in color a lot throughout <laughs> they were the film. Really pink. They were immensely pink, immensely <laughs> pink, vibrantly pink, and then a, but then they were like different shades of like liver. Color, yeah, color yeah. that would like change, like scene to scene. You yeah. both noticed the pink lips because that went way over my head. I never <laughs> even once, like, considered thinking about Richard Tyler's pink, pink lips. Well, then that's You're... good because you weren't objectifying a child cartoon. Not, neither was which I. Is, which is Not lame I pedophilia.
0: <laughs> was I. I was just noticing that Macaulay Culkin's animated form had strangely pink lips for some
1: reason. Where I were know. they the pinkest in what scene in the movie? I mean,
0: in all of them.
1: Okay. Don't ask these boring questions. (laughs) I want a a ranking of pinkest to least pinkest. Although, okay, so a lot of the criticism that I read in this movie, obviously it's like 90% an animated film, and people say that's like, it's a super weak animation.
0: I actually didn't hate the animation of this movie. Me
1: neither. I thought it was pretty good, and I thought like, since Macaulay Culkin uh, is such a, a poor and stiff and unnatural actor as a corporeal human... That the cartoon made him way more empathetic. Like, he was so much more expressive and kind of, like, rubbery. And, like, he would, like, do all these, like, grand gestures. And his face had a lot more expression than it does at all. And you really notice it.
0: That's actually a really good point. It's a
1: huge contrast between the live-action portion. I like cartoon Macaulay Culkin so much more than real... Yeah, Macaulay Culkin.
0: Oh, I need aloe for the burn that you just like.
1: Damn, really
0: laid down there. That ooh, that's painful.
1: And should we say that this is the first appearance of one of the, well, yeah. the titans of the '90s?
0: I mean, I was gonna say like you don't enjoy Macaulay Culkin's acting, and yet we are going to watch a lot of Macaulay Culkin ooh. acting over the next ooh. however long. This lasts. <laughs> yeah,
1: X, X number of. Well, it's interesting yeah. because I haven't seen this movie in forever, and. Likewise, a lot of Macaulay Culkin, you know, movies when he was a kid, and I, was, I always had the impression that one of the reasons why he became such a popular figure mm-hmm. in like '90s movies was because he was a relatively speaking talented child actor. And, that's and a if the Page Masters, is any indication him. of how he is like in Home Alone, which I haven't seen
0: in a while. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's it was just garbage.
0: I mean, I, yeah, I.
1: He's a fucking psychopath in Home Alone. Like, he wanted yeah. to kill those men, and luckily, <laughs> luckily, like, Looney Tunes physics applied, but, like... Right. Yeah. I, no. He, he was shoved down the public's throats, like, I think.
0: No, I think that's fair. I mean, I'm gonna quickly, like, let's quickly just go through what other uh, 90s movies that we're gonna see him in, because we are gonna see him in Home Alone. Um, I believe Home Alone 2, also a 90s movie. <laughs>
1: Problem Child. Um, <laughs> oh, no, <worries>. no. My <laughs> Girl. My Girl. My oh, girl. my God.
0: No, and see, my actually...
1: Party monster.
0: My, no. Okay, so I think My Girl might actually be the movie that contradicts, as far as I'm remembering, hmm. is going to contradict the bad acting claim, because My Girl makes me ball every time I watch it.
1: I was going to say Problem Child utilizes his lack of expression and creates a perfect sociopath character that actually was spooky. That, yeah, that's that's fair. But okay, so for for some of you millennials that are listening, uh, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah.
0: Before he you. was,
1: some of you probably just know him as the uh, the whatever the front man for uh, uh you know the pizza.
0: Yeah.
1: What, what was it called?
0: Pizza something.
1: Oh, Pizza know. Underground.
0: Yes, there we go.
1: He's not okay. He's not just the lead of the Pizza Underground, you guys. He was a child actor. He was uh, hugely popular. And uh, for a while there, yeah, he was—he was. Your he was, your you're sort of like young male, um, sort of child actor staple in your diet was you got a lot of Culkin, and you got a lot of JTT, JTT and I guess some Brandis.
0: Brandis and Brad Renfro.
1: And Brad Renfro. Yeah,
0: and for the female side, we're gonna see. I think a lot of Thora Birch hmm. and Rachel Lee Cook. Okay. Are gonna be the two females that we.
1: Names to watch.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Names to watch.
1: Do you want to start with, uh, I don't know, analysis?
0: Yeah. I mean, how much analysis can one really give the page master, which I want to start off by pointing out is a clean 75 minutes.
1: When I was a kid, I, I remember thinking that this, I remember it was the first time I really thought like, this story has zero fat. It's just just pure lean muscle just a solid clean. clean script that has a story that ends yeah now i realize that it's it's fluff kind of it's flabby it's flabby for what actual coherent plot there it's is. it's surprising how little movie there is Mm-hmm. it's surprising how little they can say in how it's short of time. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, this is a movie that takes live action and mix it with animation. So we have a predecessor to this. Um, we would have had Roger Rabbit in the 80s would have been the yep. predecessor.
1: And Cool World.
0: Okay, I've never seen that.
1: <laughs> Not a kid's movie as Not far kid's as I'm movie. aware. Okay. Ralph Ralph Bakshi.
0: Anyway, to yeah. direct kids' okay. movies? So anyway, we would have had the predecessor to that. And then following this, we would have had your Space Jam. Uh, there have to have been other ones. I don't care. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, my point of this being, this movie... Unlike those other two, really gets out of that live action frame very, Pete's, very quickly.
1: Pete's Dragon?
0: Maybe Pete. That was the 70s, wasn't that must, it? That's
1: an old school. That's an old school. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm oh, right. and Bed
0: Knobs and Broomsticks, if you want to go back that far. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point being that this really gets out of that live action place very quickly. And I'm not necessarily sure if that was a great thing.
1: Well, the pro- okay. So the problem is that the concept is actually pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's hard to argue that any concept is an inherently shit. Like, if you have a genius tackle any sort of basic premise, they can usually spin something interesting out of it. But, like, this clearly, like, it started off really well. And, I, I you know, I, part of me really empathized with Richard Tyler.
0: Richard Tyler, yeah.
1: Because, like... I was a scared little nerd who didn't want like my dad, whose dad was always like hammering nails into tree forts and like building things and 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 pushing athletic pursuits on me that i didn't like um so I like the fear resonated with me mm-hmm. and uh and the retreat into books was what I did,
0: except you say retreat into books, and I feel like there was never really mm-hmm. The plot that he retreated into books never came into fruition. He ends up in a library where the plot of this story takes place because he's trying to escape from a storm, but we never actually get a plot point stating that he likes to read in any never. sort of way.
1: No, he doesn't like to read. That's... Right, yes, yeah. Well, here was my basic problem with the just the concept is great. I agree with Matt. Like When you have the idea of somebody getting pulled into an imaginary realm, where you have to sort of traverse the worlds of, like, a bunch of pieces of classic literature. That's a cool concept. Very Um, But it doesn't make any sense when the arc of Richard Tyler's character is that he is sort of cowardly and then becomes brave at the end. I don't... It didn't make any sense that books in the first place needed to play a part no it actually even remotely
0: it actually would have made more sense to me if he had stayed in one book and used that one book or that one classic work of literature to really help guide him from being the scared kid who can't climb the ladder to the treehouse that his dad is laboring on to build him um to help him like Overcome that fear By just using One specific plot Instead We are introduced To any number Of books In this film Well first
1: Okay Can we start At the like Very beginning Sure Richard Tyler Has like a strangely Again These precocious kids That have like A strangely Like Prodigious knowledge Of some weird Niche Sort of uh, Specialty that 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 they've gotten somehow. I guess because Richard Tyler, there's no internet, and Richard Tyler hates reading. So I don't know how he understands. I don't know how he knows all the statistics for.
0: That's a very fair point.
1: For risk and well, likelihood he doesn't of death, hate reading. I don't think they ever say that he hates reading,
0: but he says he doesn't read.
1: He doesn't have a library. Card. He says he doesn't read. What is he? He doesn't leave his house. He's probably afraid of paper cuts. <laughs> <laughs> like his dad is so fucking depressed and is like clearly not even like a jock dad. He's just like I built you a tree fort. Do you want to go in it and he's like the likelihood of falling is 7.8% for There's white tails. Under- <laughs> yeah, like every inch ab- into a tree is 0.03% more likely of a fall that could cause a concussion. Like he he knows a lot of math and he knows like okay, so anyway, what I'm getting at is that there's no reason that he, there's no, there's no basis for why he knows that information. I think if his dad was like, an in, like worked in insurance or like was an actuary or like a risk assessor for a, you know, an insurance company, then we'd have some motivation. We'd have some literature that he could have picked up sort of through osmosis that would have given him the motivation and the background to be afraid of everything. And then you would have had started to have a commentary on something. And it would have provided a good counterpoint to the literature that he then gets sucked into, which is more fantastical pieces of work. So, like, if he was reading a bunch of statistical, you know, risk analysis books, and uh, it was just this sort of dry numbers that he was getting into, it would provide, like, a good counterpoint for when he gets sucked into Treasure Island and Moby Dick and, like, Hound of the Baskervilles, all these crazy, over-the-top stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I... I have a... I don't want to tear this apart too much because I feel like, in general, I did enjoy watching this for the first time. Okay. Uh,
1: I I mean, like, don't pull your punches.
0: I I won't, I won't.
1: This is sort of a cynical, savvy analysis by
0: (laughs) two shaded, bearded hipsters. People
1: approaching 30 years old who are like, let's look at these 90s storytelling (laughs) techniques in these kids' films.
0: I'm sorry, I'm nowhere near 30.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Neither am I.
0: Thank you. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So, right. So he has this dad who uh, is building him this treehouse, as Matt and Jake just laid out in the longest form. Um, And he ends up in the library because his dad asks him to go buy a pound of nails from the hardware. (laughs) He's asked to go buy a pound of nails from the hardware store. He gets on his bike, which is outfitted in the newest safety technology of 1994. I don't know, it looks like he
1: jerry-rigged a bike with yeah. garbage. <laughs> a lot of reflective shit and a big flag. And by the way, just the day that his dad is like, get a pound of nails, the most frightening lightning storm <laughs> occurs in his cute little suburban neighborhood just shooting multiple bolts of lightning in trees all nearby him and sending sparks out into the air.
0: I'm trying to take this movie seriously.
1: And that fucking library is like 800 miles away. <laughs> like, he has to go okay. through like a highway tunnel to yeah. get to it. I
0: did kind of a problem with that because i think the longest i biked to school at that child's age was like six blocks
1: that dad did it intentionally
0: do you think he was in league with christopher lloyd
1: i like to think he looked at the weather report that morning well there but, is there is also the there is also the argument that christopher lloyd might be like a sort of like prospero figure who could like call in a tempest and make make him stranded in the library. He seems to have a lot of control.
0: Christopher Lloyd is, by the way, the librarian that uh, Macaulay Culkin meets once he gets to the library, and he sends him, for some reason, into this maze of stacks of books to use a public telephone, even though there is a telephone sitting on his desk.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well... I want to talk about Christopher Lloyd as Mr. Dewey, the librarian. Dewey
0: Decimal? Mr. Yes. Dewey Decimal. His name was
1: Mr. Dewey, so that was funny. Yes! Um, but, so this is an empty library. There's a thunderstorm going on outside, and nobody else is in the library. The lights, <laughs> the lights are off. And Macaulay Culkin rides up and opens the door and goes inside. And as soon as he steps in, Mr. Dewey opens a door to a back room and sort of, like, comes in, the door's all creaky and he peers in and he's so excited to see <laughs> Richard Tyler, just some kid. He doesn't know. He's so excited. Ex- so excited to see this kid walk he's into excited. his library. Yeah. And he turns the lights on and he's like, uh, what are you here for? You're here for a book. And immediately goes into this just absolutely over the top tirade about like, what is it for you? My son? Is it Horror, <laughs> ghastly creatures in the night, spooky spookings.
0: Well, he's the Mister Ollivander of the library.
1: Dude, he's a creep, and he's swinging for the fences. He, he immediately the Mr. Ollivander
0: of the library.
1: Okay, no, I'm sorry, I'm not shutting down your comparison, <laughs> but he is so scary, and he's like adventure, swinging
0: swords and high flying hijinks. And, and Richard
1: Tyler's like, I don't want anything to do with this. I would love to call my parents.
0: Well, I yeah. think Macaulay Culkin is acting from experience in that.
1: Do you, do you? Kendra so wants to bring up the fact that Macaulay Culkin stayed with Michael Jackson no,
0: one time. That's okay, <laughs> Matt brought it up, not me.
1: Oh, it's so organic. But he, yes.
0: Yeah, I think he's acting from experience.
1: Okay, so there we go. He reached deep into his short little life and the horrors that happened within it. <laughs> Based off of his brief touch with a, a, a purported don't use
0: man. Don't the word touch. Come on.
1: Black, anyway, black and white, you want to talk about the-, <laughs> <laughs> the music video?
0: No, I don't, no, no, I'm not trying to talk about the music video. I'm oh, just okay. saying he's acting from experience.
1: All right, there you go. Take a, take from that what you will.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyways, so Mr. Dewey does this, like, totally over-the-top speech about, like, what's it for you, boy? Is it going to be fantasy books? Is it going to be horror books? Right or adventure books and then Richard Tyler's like because there's only
0: by the way three genres of literature
1: that's it yeah just horror fantasy and adventure that's it and um Richard Tyler's like I just came in here to use the phone and then you can just see how crestfallen he is right away he's just like oh well the phone's over there yeah and he puts his library card away and then um I don't know what was that Never yeah. mind. So he puts the Sorry. library. He gets the
0: library. Out? He gets the library guard. Yes. And Mr. Dewey then sends him into this maze of shelves, and he. It is a maze of shelves. No, no, it's just funny
1: that he does. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you. He goes to this maze of shelves. He ends up in this sort of. Um, I want to call it a valley, but I understand that that's not the right word. Again, rotunda.
1: A gondola. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's books. definitely not the right word. I think yep. rotunda is, is more okay. accurate. But he looks up and there's sort of this mural and Mr. Dewey is clearly on the mural as a wizard.
1: Yeah, Christopher Lloyd is a giant wizard painted yeah. on the ceiling.
0: Yes. And, you know, then he somehow slips from three drops of water that <laughs> fall onto the ground at the library. You start
1: to understand why he's afraid of getting hurt because right. he cannot deal with even a little bit of moisture on the ground. And he's very absent-minded because he dropped a bucket of nails on his dad's head earlier.
0: Oh, yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. true. That is true. But he slips on these three drops of water, falls over in kind of pratfall style, um, and hits his head on the ground. And that's where the adventure begins.
1: Cartoon... keep. He wakes up, and he looks at his his no 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 he's still live action actually for a second isn't
0: he for a second Uh, yeah yeah. but there's like kind of a whole montagey little thing as he turns into a
1: well like the paint bleeds off of the giant mural on the ceiling and then it slaps onto the ground as this big giant wet uh, turns into a dragon and it flows after him really bad CGI yeah right
0: I get and it's you know, it was 1994, and I and see it, where that imagery was trying to go. Like, I understand what they were trying to do with that. There, it was, you know, it was a sea of paint and sort of fantasy, adventure colors. Yeah, she just weren't there the sacks yet. The yeah, technology. it scared me when I
1: was a kid, though. Really? Yeah, yeah, It yeah, really was scary. Scared, like, the, like, weird paint river that started, like, turning everything into a cartoon was really scary. Oh, wow. And he gets turned into a cartoon.
0: Yes, which actually, I think, would have terrified me as a child, Like, the act of being turned into a cartoon is weird and not okay with me.
1: It is weird, and it's, like, metaphysically and, like, existentially, like, difficult for a child to process, I think. Yeah. he just looks at his hands, and he's like, I'm a cartoon. Yeah. And he's
0: fine with it. I just think after... Because as a kid, I had seen...
1: What does your body feel like, do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Is it, like, smooth?
0: (laughs) Okay, here's the thing, I think... As a kid, I had seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I had. What is
1: cartoon skin like? I'm
0: gonna have to. Anyway. Slippery. We're talking about children's movies here.
1: Yeah, but I'm a wet cartoon body. Yeah. Slippery, wet cartoon body. Slippery, (laughs) wet, just made of paint. It's not even quite dry yet. Nope, because he just got splatted.
0: Ooh. Any. Roger. Okay, stop. Wait, stop. Okay. I just want to Okay. So, I just want to say that having like if I had watched this as a kid, having seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I think the act of being turned into a cartoon would have actually terrified me, just given what Christopher Lloyd had done as a cartoon in that movie.
1: That's true. Although I don't think I had that reference to work from oh, really? even at the time that I watched. I saw yeah. Roger Rabbit. I hated Robert. I hated when that shoe got dipped in the
0: Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. He's tortured.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that shoe had. to It's a very adult scene. Yeah, yeah. Is that movie a kids movie? Roger Rabbit. Now that I'm thinking about it,
0: I think my parents showed it to me as a kids yeah. movie, like kind of. It's, it's, it's cartoons. Sense.
1: Jessica Rabbit's adult. Oh
0: yeah, she's <laughs> definitely <laughs> adult. That's pretty funny. So That's also oh, yeah. the movie where Daffy Duck maybe says the N word during that. What? No, movie. no. Yes. Have you never heard of that?
1: No, hold on, stop. There's no way we can get into that. No,
0: okay, sorry. For...
1: Can we talk about when the dragon says the N word?
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: If you play it backwards. (laughs) Just kidding. In the smoke of the fire that he breathes (laughs) in. I'm so
0: sorry. I will never have these brothers on on an episode together ever again.
1: You know how like Disney artists fit weird little dirty secrets into their animation? Like sex in the clouds. That's what what Daffy Fame
0: N-word was.
1: That's so really Yes,
0: supposedly.
1: Just adult animators sick of working on a kid's movie, just trying to get like a little joke in for them. But this movie, okay, so this movie is a lean seventy-five minutes long.
0: Right.
1: Uh he becomes a cartoon how far into the movie, do you think?
0: Oh, I would say f- not even more than 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, 10 to 15 minutes into the movie. Yeah. He's a cartoon. The library is now this infinite sort of, you know, there's, no ceiling. It's an
0: infinite landscape.
1: Yeah, it's like that uh, Borges, <laughs> like, infinite library story. It's just like this, like, conceptual library where there's, like, the world's thoughts and literature. And the page master... Is uh, Christopher Lloyd as a, a wizard whose beard looks like paper, Yes. And, who, <laughs> and whose robes have the spine of a book running down the back, yes, yes. and uh, he's the he's the, he's the uh, what the fuck he's like the avatar of of literate literature,
0: not... yeah, he's like I...
1: the king of the books, the steward of the pages of I... the written yeah. word, he's and, the page master, and all books, yeah, but like what is him. that?
0: Well, the books do bow down to him, you're right. They They, do. They worship
1: him like some kind of ruler. Right. Yeah, at the end you realize, yeah. And it seems like it's not entirely, he's not a benevolent dictator or anything like that. He's sort of, because they're all afraid of him. And they also can't
0: escape the library.
1: They can't get a library without the library card. Right. And he seems to just sort of use the books to teach little kids lessons I don't know what his prior history as the page master teach is. To little kids with head wounds lessons. Yeah, about how to be brave.
0: <laughs> he's actually, well, you know what? If you think about it, he's actually basically just Albus Dumbledore. Like, I mean, Albus he, he, Dumbledore should not have been allowed to run a school.
1: But to be fair, Albus Dumbledore, also, he just looks like, they all wizards look the same. No,
0: but I'm saying, like, in action. He puts children in danger for his own, for their own, like, supposed edification.
1: Oh, yeah. Right. Well, another okay. another conceptual question that I have is that, like, so Richard Tyler gets thrown thrust into the scenarios from the three genres of books that end up being his little teammates. The
0: only three genres of books that exist.
1: Right. Fantasy, horror, adventure. Mm-hmm. So he goes through a, three famous stories that no child will have ever read.
0: Well, no, actually, it was funny. I know
1: Moby Dick? No one reads Moby... I okay. haven't read Moby Dick. That's,
0: okay, but Moby Dick aside, like, these are books, actually, that, like, as... We were going through them, I was kinda of thinking to myself, oh, like my mom read these to me. Like my mom read- Moby me, Dick? Not, Mo- <laughs> no, not Moby Dick. All the Satology
1: portions. No, my mom. Alice Shrugs.
0: <laughs> Alice
1: Shrugs. makes an appearance in that movie in the movie.
0: <laughs> no, my mom didn't read me Atlas Shrugged, but my mom read me like Hound of the Baskervilles.
1: <laughs> really? That's pretty dark too.
0: Guys, did you remember? No, I no, that's true. My I, mom read me that? The Count of Monte Cristo. In the original mm, French.
1: The abridged version? No, like the In actually, French? Yeah. That's what a, a hipster book. you are. <laughs> <laughs> I read I also read The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah,
0: like so that like
1: I learned about revenge <laughs> <laughs> and how it's the long game that really is the most mm-hmm. fucking satisfying. It's
0: I mean, why do you think I am the way I
1: am? Yeah, kendra has got a lot of uh a lot of uh different things in the oven right now, a lot of different <laughs> Revenge plans. People that will see the full breadth of her nefarious plans ten years down the line. <laughs> a lot of island cave treasure. <laughs> upon. Let me let
0: me put it this way. I have every I am conversation that I had from middle school through high school saved in a three ring binder in my childhood bedroom.
1: You hear that trolls? Don't ever I mean, come up to this.
0: they are not, not just trolls. People that I was friends with just in case I, they ever want to run for public office. Actually,
1: (laughs) here was something that I remembered that I wanted to talk about because it at least helped justify a little bit why he necessarily has to turn into a cartoon. Mm -hmm. Um, At least in my head, it doesn't really fit in with the movie all that well. But um, a lot of times with classic literature, they make abridged versions. That's one thing that they do. But then they also make illustrated children's versions of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we used to have copies of, like, The Three Musketeers. And,
0: I and think Treasure Ca- Island. And
1: Treasure Island and mm-hmm. The Count of
0: Monte Cristo. My mom read Treasure Island.
1: Yeah. And yeah. you could get shortened, illustrated versions of them uh, that were more much more suitable for kids because all these books were huge, like, what, like 800-page long pieces of literature that were just super difficult to get through otherwise. And so it makes sense that you visualize, like, the cartoon versions of the characters if you were reading those versions or something like that like if a kid was going to read these he would read those versions yeah i mean
0: Mm. i think that this book that this sorry this movie is kind of like the wishbone pre-wishbone where it's like i could see kids getting into maybe getting into these books from this movie
1: there is the exposure aspect, the, right. like, kind of, like, signal-boosting, almost, like, hey, look, Moby Dick exists, Dr. Mm-hmm. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde exists, is that the name of the book? Yes, um, I think, maybe. Like, if you, li- if you liked these uh, short sequences where Richard Tyler, like, essentially accidentally beats everybody up, like, yeah. then then maybe you'll be interested, here, uh, can I just read, Roger Ebert hated this movie, um, <laughs> this is a great and movie. he's he's okay. the most entertaining when he doesn't like something, and I'm just gonna read the first paragraph. The intra-paragraph, and I'm going to disagree with him. Uh, Okay, quote. Why is the gift of reading so often treated like a pill that needs to be sugar-coated? Reading is the fun, not the treatment. And the way to experience the joy of reading is to pick up a book, open it, and lose yourself in its pages. The Page Master, a sad and dreary film, doesn't seem to understand that. Its message seems to be that books can be almost as much fun as TV cartoons and video arcade games. I didn't
0: find this movie sad or dreary.
1: No, it's not sad or dreary. I actually just disagree that this... um, Yeah, I think if they were attempting to get kids interested in in reading, uh, this movie has nothing to do with uh, reading.
0: No, you're
1: right, it doesn't. I don't think it's even an attempt to make kids interested in reading. They're just stealing the interesting, sort of flashy, superficial aspects of a lot of really good works of literature and using them to create filler for their shitty movie where a kid learns to be, like, basically a marine, and, uh... And, uh, just using it to, like, create small 10- to 15-minute segments three in a row, mm-hmm. with no logical joint, like, joining or, like, connective tissue. I almost feel like somebody wrote a script for a movie not called The Pagemaster. Master. It was, about- <laughs> <laughs> it was about a boy whose dad asked him to get him a pound of nails and the kid goes on a bike ride (laughs) gets stuck in a library and smashes his head against the floor because he slips on his shoes and then they were like uh filler we'll think of that later and then he wakes up and he goes on the ramp and he does the ramp really well and so now he's brave so they had a kid go from being scared to brave and then some other guy was like I have a screenplay where uh, it's about, you know, getting stuck in the realm of classic books and stuff like that. And they were like, this is exactly what we can put in the scenes where he's just lying unconscious on the floor. Because <laughs> at and, this point we had a 30 minute sequence where yeah. he was just laying down. <laughs> and blood slowly pooled across the library. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which would have been a light, like maybe more artistically interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and you just see the, like, Christopher Lloyd's character, like, sweeping up around his body. <laughs> Definitely not good.
0: Hey, guys. Welcome back to the kids' table. Um, I'm back with Matt Torpy and Jacob. Jake. I don't know why I'm calling him Jacob. Jacob Torpy's
1: correct. Hello. Jacob? Okay. That From is... my birth certificate. The says. Torpy bros. The,
0: the Torpy bros. The bros. I had yeah. to give us... We, we paused at around 30 minutes, and I had to give us, like... 20 minutes to uh, really pause so that the brothers could get over their giggle fit.
1: Yeah. Can we just, can. No. We're not, no. Nope.
0: we're coming, no, nope. shut up. We are coming back.
1: We're coming back. The T Bros in... are gonna talk real about the P Master. <laughs> oh my God. So get ready.
0: No, okay, so we're here and we're. Well, just... What was the deal with the P Master? Nope. Hey guys, we're back at the kids' table. And we are back with Matt and Jake Torpy. Hello. We're discussing Hi. the page roster. Um, So we apologize. We know the first half of this discussion was a little all over the place. We had a lot of questions. This movie was only 75 minutes long and yet left so many unanswered things um, throughout it. So we're just going to start off this second half by kind of discussing... The fact that this movie was only 75 minutes long and really wanted us to believe that it warranted an epic song.
1: the name of the artist there was once okay so richard tyler goes through um he goes through initially he goes through the horror section with uh, dr jekyll and mr hyde mm-hmm. he there's actually a really cool sequence where um dr jekyll turns into mr hyde and not then,
0: bad animation at all
1: no the animation was really cool actually but then you know he i don't know they like quickly dispatch him Then they somehow find themselves in the uh, pages of Moby Dick. Mm -hmm. Ahab is kind of like a silly punchline to a whale falling on top of him in his whole boat. Uh, And then we go into the fantasy genre, sort of like fantasy's realm. And uh, fantasy, who's voiced by Whoopi Goldberg, I don't know, I feel like significantly like an R&B song starts kicking in, which is part of the Pagemaster original um, soundtrack uh keep in mind the page master up until they reach the realm of fantasy has not had a musical number um
0: right well I, that's not unusual though a lot of animated movies that aren't necessarily animated musicals sort of in that disney fashion they do have sort of an anchoring musical number
1: just one song though like I, I, in a movie with no other songs yeah So I, mean, I don't
0: think that's uncommon
1: it felt a little lopsided, and it felt like they were withholding. Like fantasy, obviously, it's just the rule of threes. Patrick Stewart, by the way, is the voice of adventure, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting his name.
0: Oh, the voice, the voice of
1: horror. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Jesus I can pull Christ. this up in Frank two seconds. Welker. There we go.
1: Sorry about that, guys. Frank Welker, who who um, was a very famous voice actor.
0: He appeared in 772 uh, voice acting roles.
1: Right, but he's never been an actual actor, so he was horror. He did the goofy voice of horror. So they had some like top-notch voice acting. I don't know, this movie felt a little bit like it was... And it also had Macaulay Culkin like, sort of at the peak of his career. Um, he was sort of... This is his penultimate movie before Richie Rich, so... Yeah. He was post Home Alone... Meaning he was a hot commodity mm-hmm. in uh, Hollywood.
0: But the point I kind of still wanted to get back to... Sorry. Was, no, 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 that's, you're, fine. you're fine. No, the point being that this movie really, it, it sort of works in the tradition of, of animated movies with these epic songs, and you have the version for the movie, and then you have the single version that's released. So there was a version in this movie that was recorded by, I believe her name... Wendy Moten. W- Wendy Moten, Yes. Um, And then you have another version that looks like it was recorded by Babyface. Who was a big deal in the '90s?
1: Um, w- uh, whatever you imagine, or was it whenever? I'm sorry.
0: Whatever you imagine.
1: Whatever you imagine was Wendy Moten, but mm-hmm. then there was the PageMaster original soundtrack, which had another where, highlighted song called like "Dreaming." Where you yeah. dream, Where you when you dream? Or when you dream yeah. or something like that? And it was not by Wendy Moten. It was by an artist called Babyface.
0: An artist called Babyface. Yes. An artist called Babyface. No, you know, no, I'm just saying the way you said that makes it sound to me like you've never heard of Babyface.
1: I haven't heard of Babyface.
0: Guys, the Torpeys are very white.
1: You we, know who we were <laughs> listening to in the 90s? Nirvana.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's true. It and, is uh, true. not Matthews. I don't
1: know if it's significant, but Kurt Cobain killed himself this year. <laughs> <laughs> and it might have been after we watched Page <laughs> Whenever you imagine, Da-da-da. and then there's more. Check out what's her name? Check out Courtney Love's <laughs> album of that next. Oh, year. can I say that? Um, I was sorry. I know there's like these segues are hard, but the whole time I was watching this movie, I had another movie in the back of my head that was kind of a benchmark and uh, made this movie seem extra shitty. And it was uh, the never-ending story, <laughs> because that um, obviously there can't like I'm, I know I was nagging on this movie about the fact that like no one's reading, but you can't really have a movie about a kid reading like that is stupid. Um,
0: there was a whole television show based off of kids reading.
1: Well, but it's called they, Wishbone. I know, but they, then then they're in a live-action version of the book. This is what I'm getting at. Okay. You can't. All you right. know what I mean? They can't be like sitting in a room turning pages.
0: Okay. All right. I'm just saying. Ghostwriter.
1: Yeah. No, but these are all visual mediums. I'm just saying the NeverEnding story is remarkably similar to the Pagemaster right up until they get to the actual immersion in the whatever story. So, like, you have Bastion who's, like, you know, this kid who draws unicorns all over his homework and is kind of, like... Has flights of fancy and is a nerd and gets bullied all the time and his dad's disappointed in him and wishes he would go out for the sports teams and 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 whatever and Bastion wants nothing to do with it and also they use the device of a storm to force the main character into a room mm-hmm. where he then engages in the reading material and like gets sucked into an alternate reality. I mean, so up until that point, it's like the same, but then he literally is in never-ending story and it's like a much more capable it's, it's, it's much better conveyance of like immersion in reading and the kind of like you know these stories live and die by people's attention to them and the like solipsism of like reading alone and then this movie was just like a garbage pastiche of of like Cliff Notes versions of of, of yeah. huge works of literature. He was never quite stuck in one book. He was stuck in like a weird library world ruled by a page master, like a book man, <laughs> a yeah, book man with page beard. <laughs> his 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 beard was and little curl hair was paper, and yeah, I do I, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. So, yes, he's basically stuck in a world that is ruled by Albus Dumbledore, like who a, ma- a wizard who has no respect for the, uh, the the safety of the children in his charge.
1: Which leads me to my next question. Yes. So, Richard Tyler, he succeeds in the three challenges.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He sort of faces these perfunctory things and, like, succeeds.
0: Much like the Triwizard Tournament.
1: Indeed, try three.
0: Three, there we
1: go. See, it's all coming together. Thank you. Uh, um, But, like, so, like, the page master, who is potentially just, like, a hallucination. um, From a concussion. From a concussion. Is he, like, my question is, like, he then conjures up Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He conjures up the dragon. He conjures up, uh, you know... Uh, what are the other characters?
0: He, okay, so we meet Ahab. Uh, Ahab. What's the pirate's name? Long John Silver. Long John Silver. Thank, thank you. you. Did you not read um, Treasure or see Muppet Treasure Island as a child?
1: I read Treasure Island and I saw Muppet Treasure Island. I still and forgot. I Still don't remember that guy's name. Oh
0: man, that's an, and just FYI, this is actually a story that I think we will be revisiting.
1: Okay, so stay meets, tuned. He meets yeah. Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. He meets Captain Ahab. He meets Long John Silver. And then he in meets. Fantasy, he meets a dragon. He, he meets, meets the, briefly.
0: He meets the Queen of Hearts briefly from mm, Alice in Wonderland. Yes. In
1: the dragon's stomach.
0: Yes. When he the, opens a book. Mm-hmm.
1: And Jack and the Beanstalk from Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. The dragon is also, I think, from uh, the, the Legend of Saint George. The
0: really okay. That's interesting yeah. that you say that because I because of the animation, the way that the animation is drawn um, in the scene where she pulls out the magic carpet. Right. From... Um, 1001
1: Arabian 1001 Nights. And one, yeah, Arabian Nights. Nights. Yeah. So there's
0: a scene where uh, Richard Tyler has to escape a dragon that's attacking him. And he uses the magic carpet from, a thousand, from Arabian Nights. And I actually thought that, that the animation in that scene looked a lot like the animation from Disney's Sleeping Beauty from the 50s. And that that dragon actually might have been supposed to be hearkening back to that. That The background animation in that scene actually looked a lot like that for me.
1: Mm. We neither of us know. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't oh, see it.
0: Because you're boys.
1: Mm. Well, also we just watched cartoons from like when we were alive. <laughs> like uh, the 90s. Not true. We were very big fans of the 70s Robin Hood where they were all seventies oh, and, and 80s. stuff.
0: And the Robin Hood. Book. Robin Hood was a fox. Right.
1: Right. And Mowgli was a boy. Yes.
0: Robin Hood was a
1: fox in more yes. ways than one. Oh, what? Why don't you let us talk about certain things, okay. but then you want to talk about your zoophilia?
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa! I think that's all. So can we
1: get into Michael Jackson? <laughs> um, anyways, the Page Master. My question is: the Page Master does he have like ultimate reign over these characters because they were potentially going to kill? And like, if Richard Tyler didn't get through these three challenges, like he. It seemed like the stakes were like he would just sort of die as a cartoon and never return to the real would world. Would he really
0: die though? Because I feel like when you get into cartoon physics and this movie did deal like the effects of him as a human on him, the effects of injury on him as a human were different than the effects of him as a cartoon.
1: Well, he doesn't really ever get injured in the cartoon. Does really
0: he not? Well, he, okay. That's maybe He gets there.
1: chomped by a dragon, but... I mean, he just conveniently gets, just gets swallowed. Okay. Like, as opposed to getting crushed by its teeth.
0: Right, right, right. right. Well, I'm thinking of maybe, like, a, the falling from the rocks and the grabbing. It just seemed very cartoon. He physics-y.
1: seems okay, yeah, for most of the cartoon.
0: Yeah.
1: It's also rated G. Yeah, uh, so you can't film. really watch Richard Tyler get, like, torn to bits. It's not the like The well, well, Matrix. Like, to
0: be fair, that's not what I wanted to see.
1: Right. Or maybe it was like The Matrix. Maybe it's like, he, if, he, if his brain died... Then obviously his physical body would follow, Yeah. Mm-hmm. and he would be dead in the floor of a li- actual library. Right. Well, can we talk about like a, a funny way to look at the Page Master? Is that it's just like a page out of an abnormal psychology textbook? In that it's a kid that slips, falls slams his head against the ground and then is suddenly a brave person when he wakes up like he permanently damaged his brain to Mm. the extent that his personality is altered in a good way in a great way because he rides (laughs) that ramp so good he jumps off that ramp sorry
0: i'm so sorry jake keeps mentioning this ramp the ramp should mention
1: i think the ramp is an important part because in the beginning of the movie right before he gets stuck in the thunderstorm he's riding down a road and there's a bunch of these really cool kids and they're Uh, all going off of this incredibly high ramp. It's like a piece of plywood propped up against a cement tube, and it raises about 10 feet off the ground, and the kids fly off this thing. And Richard Tyler rides up in his crazy bike, and they're like, where are you going, Richard Tyler? The moon? And he's like, no. (laughs) He's like, I'm buying nails for my dad. So they're like, you're a chicken. You're not going to go off the tube? And uh, he like rides away. And so, when he wakes back up after his adventure in the Pagemaster's world, (laughs) he is suddenly brave enough to ride over this giant tube ramp on his own. I'm sorry if this is, like, a little confusing. No, it's the... But no, it's not confusing. He... There's a, they set it up. There's a ramp that he won't go off of, and then there's a ramp that he will at the end. Right. It's and the it's full just, circle. It's, yeah. It's, it's what he's learned. It's, the, the it's, it's Dan Harmon's story circle. Right. And I think yeah. it would have been a little more effective, just a side note, if the same kids that were making fun of him earlier in the movie were still there. Were there. To, see his to, his to be like, ah, you're not going to ride the ramp still, huh? And then he's like, I'll show you. Yeah, he does he it so up. good. Yeah. And then they're like, oh. Yeah, and they're impressed at the end, but that doesn't happen. Well, the other thing that could have been punched up is that, you know, A, aside from his dad being, like, a nervous insurance salesman, which I think would have, like, given him motivation, I'm rewriting the script.
0: Matt loves a nervous insurance salesman.
1: Uh, I think that, like you said, these stories kind of happen. Like, he goes through these trials um, sort of – Ha- and very randomly, yeah, they just sort of g- come one after the next, and there's no connection, and you and you don't feel the growth. Uh, he just sort of makes it through these experiences. Um, if he applied the things that he learned in each instance, sort of cathartically at the end, to mm-hmm. prove that he also like retained life skills and uh, learned something, uh, then I don't know, it would have been like um like. more satisfying.
0: Right, and you were saying earlier that you wish that this movie had been 10 minutes longer, and I feel like maybe in the 75 minutes that this movie was, there was not enough time to show his growth as a character in any way other than hopping randomly through these.
1: Yeah, here's an important thing that that I wanted to mention about this movie that I remember reading, which was that in an original draft of the screenplay, they were... A big portion of Richard Tyler's arc did involve the fact that he did not like to read and then would come out of the journey enjoying books like it with a new perspective. And somewhere along the line, either at the behest of some producer that was looking at the script, they were advised to cut that whole section out. And they said, let's just focus on it being a story about a kid that is a coward and then becomes super brave <laughs> at the end. And so they removed the book portion of the home so there was a, there was Al's a portion and in which case you have something that was like a movie that made a whole lot of sense that it was set in a realm of books and then suddenly you remove the one key character trait ingredient that made that whole thing gel but mm-hmm. then you just kept him in the realm of books it's really interesting and you interesting. were like now it's a movie about it's a like, kid yeah. that's going to be brilliant well, because
0: this movie actually like the way that it's laid out this movie could have been about him going into his favorite TV shows or him going into anything. his favorite movie. Yeah. Anything. His yeah. favorite song. He could have gone into song. Michael Jackson's black or white. Um, it could have been him going into his favorite movie. Um, and he would have learned the same lessons. There was actually no need for him to be reading.
1: Right. Once they pulled that ingredient out, then the book aspect of the entire movie became kind of arbitrary. Right. Like.
0: Did Blockbuster have membership cards? Blockbuster membership
1: card Yes, so, back then, I yeah. believe so Like a, like like a no library idea. card It would have made more sense Cause Yeah Yeah it, do, it doesn't make sense Like And he takes out the books at the end Right uh, They're desperate to be checked out For no reason Other than that Like I guess we don't know the full story about how much the library is a prison.
0: I don't think yeah. that library has ever had anyone go in it other than Christopher Lloyd. It's that's kind of what the the theme is. Because he I was scares
1: getting. everybody that goes into the library. Yeah, he comes on real speech. strong. Yeah, he's like, What
0: do you need? <laughs> and
1: <laughs> and he's like, like, Someone that's into horror. And you're like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, it's like, I just want to, uh, I don't know. Can we also just. Talk about the fact that it's very lucky that Richard. T- I mean, he goes into a library, so there's many sections besides the adventure, fantasy, and horror. No, section. those are
0: the only three genres of
1: books. I'm just saying it's a good thing he didn't slip into like a Don DeLillo book, <laughs> or a Bret Easton Ellis book, like American Psycho, <laughs> yeah, and he if, shows up in Patrick Bateman's in his underpants with a chainsaw just chasing after him. Jake, or,
0: this is a book about a 12 year old. I'm or just a, saying, a movie
1: about 12. Think about the possibilities with all the books that you have in a if library. He in, if he was in less than zero, by Brazili <laughs> Sunellis, and he's just like, Why do you guys are so nihilistic? Like, why do you not care about other humans feeling Or what if he was in um what if he was in It by Stephen King?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Well there was a Stephen there actually is a Stephen King book featured in the horror section that he goes through. He pulls Sh- the Shining falls off the shelf at one point.
1: Well Because no the Shining reason.
0: had been a popular movie, I guess, by that point.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shining was nineteen eighty. Yeah, but then they yeah. do the, they do the gag at the end where he shrugs off Atlas Shrugged. That was a very, very weird point because up until that point, every book that you see in the shelf and every book that he interacts with or gets enveloped in the world of is a book that you could argue like a kid could read, like a young adult could read and get something out of. And then suddenly he shrugs off Atlas Shrugged, which is funny on on the surface level, but it's also just a very weird book.
0: Well, I think that was definitely more about the fact that he was Atlas holding this giant book on his shoulders as Atlas holds Mm, the world on his shoulders, rather than he actually knows what Atlas Shrugged is about. Yeah,
1: oh, totally. It's a very adult book. There's sex scenes in that book.
0: Yes. (laughs) Between (laughs) a man that makes
1: really good steel (laughs) And a woman that's an awesome journalist, and they have weird objectivist sex. They have objectivist sex where they're like, this is an exchange of goods. Yeah. Yeah. Our powers are being equitably distributed voluntarily by our wills. So... Wait, can I just have Yes, go for
0: it. Go for you
1: know, it'd be it. funny if they opened up. Atlas shrugged, and like, you know how like the beanstalk comes out, <laughs> like, like, like John Galt comes out of Atlas shrugged, and he just talks for so long <laughs> that the dragon goes to sleep, and he just like gets to like walk up normally. You're like, okay, that I, the not dragon. Mine. The no. dragon's like, I get it. <laughs> So a I mean, is A A is A for fuck's sake
0: Not to like totally completely bring off things that happen off mic all the time But like I mean last week we were talking about how much And this is not a 90s movie But the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie Like stuff like that Just like stuff like animated stuff that you watched as a kid We
1: watched cartoons on TV Mm-hmm. Uh, which is probably the only clear example of something that wasn't a Disney animated film that we okay. watched um, So did your yeah. parents
0: never buy you like Like, at one point in my home, we had a Pocahontas VHS, and it was... It took me a really long time to realize it was not the Disney Pocahontas. It was, like, some bootleg studio out there. Trying to
1: capitalize on Pocahontas the same year. Like, but the
0: difference was that in this movie, Pocahontas, like, it got to the point where she and John Smith, or whoever she ended up marrying, like, went back to England. Like, and that was how Uh I knew that that was not the Disney version of Pocahontas. Yeah. Hmm. So, like, did you guys not have, like, other weird
1: animated... Like, the Rugrats movie. That's not to say. We saw the Rugrats movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bust you. Thank you. But we watched Rugrats. Okay. We were yeah, obsessed with Rugrats. Show. We were obsessed uh, with Our Real Monsters and... Dexter's Lab. Dexter's Lab. Uh, mm-hmm. And every now and then, our parents would let us watch The Simpsons. Okay. Yeah. And there was, like, a chunk of time where it was, like, you know, even they weren't totally sure if we should be watching The Simpsons, well, but they would let us after dinner. Can I just, like, this yeah. movie felt a little bit like... It was supposed to be a tentpole movie. It, it feels so confused in the way that, like, you know, like, contemporarily, like, <sighs> Jesus bless you. Sorry. Allergic about. Uh, okay, so so it, it feels as conf- it feels a little bit confused in the way that, like, to use a like current example, like Suicide Squad feels confused. Like, they clearly saw these like like a lot of hands like went over this thing, and a lot of eyes, and a lot of like advice, and there was a, seems like there's a lot of rewrites. There was a lawsuit. There was over awesome who actually wrote it. Um, it seems like they were banking on plushy toys of uh, the books and maybe even Richard Tyler's animated version. Um, There's a video game made out of there it. Was there was a game. lot of merchandise, basically, yeah, associated with the movie. There was a video game for Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo and Game Boy that was pretty, pretty difficult, I think. Literally released concurrently with the movie. So clearly this was like a big planned franchise move. They were like, we're going to release the movie, but have the game come out at exactly the same time. So they were both being... You know, this is an example of a movie that ended up being popular suddenly. So uh, you had a development team suddenly trying to create a video game after the fact. They made it alongside the development of the movie. Yeah, I mean, it was a full market push. And if I remember correctly, the box office was... Quite a few million dollars short of what they spent on it. They spent Quite twenty. They
0: spent twenty-seven million dollars on the total budget, and it got thirteen point seven million at the box office.
1: Right, not including what they potentially made from toys and merch and shit. Right. But it didn't. I mean, it didn't. It didn't succeed in the box office. It was a kind of a flop. I, I think that would be considered a flop. Y- yeah, it
0: made big under time. Half right, half of. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, that, that is definitely a flop. Yeah, I mean. I, I I have to say, watching it now, I didn't hate it. Like this I don't know when you're gonna hear our ladybugs episode in in sequence with this particular It episode. doesn't matter. We, just go
1: to the ladybugs one if you wanna.
0: We hated the ladybugs. And I feel in no way as strongly <laughs> about my hate of the ladybugs as I feel towards this movie.
1: This movie no, this movie is sort of like a uh, meh movie. It's just yeah. kind of yeah, like middle fun. of the road schlock that like Clearly was aiming for something higher, which makes the fa- like the failure of achieving it a little bit more stark. But it's it's pretty inoffensive,
0: right? No, actually, there really was nothing offensive in this movie. I for a second I thought I was going to have to be offended by the Jamaican pirates, uh, but then the rest of the pirates were also terrible.
1: By the way, just yeah, talking about and the this. bully the bullies themselves were also. There was a girl bully. I didn't
0: cry at the bullies and that's a really good sign for me do you usually
1: cry at bullies in movies oh
0: I can't we discussed this last week with blank check um, did, you, did
1: you cry while you watched blank check
0: I, I can't <laughs> I can't watch kids being bullied hmm. like, I can't watch children
1: upsetting things happen to children but it's no I like, it, like a oh, kids I can, movie
0: I can watch a kid being like dismembered or something like I watch a fuck? lot of criminal minds
1: what Jesus <laughs> <Sorry>. Christ
0: <laughs> Okay
1: But not bullied No
0: I can't No, I can watch a lot of horrible things happen to hey, children four
1: eyes No that that there. really <laughs>
0: bothers me Yeah I hate like And I was not bullied as a child
1: <laughs> Yeah me neither
0: I just I can't watch that In particular I, I don't know what it is You no. sure you weren't bullied? I wasn't Okay I'm, I wasn't cool But I also like was not bullied
1: Yes Well I was bullied Aww. and I, And I watched the movie anyway And it was fine <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of disappointing. Oh. Yeah. It's it's especially sad because um me and Matt watched this particular movie a lot a lot. Yeah. Many times. As we do Probably as we do at 20. the end, right? Like my childhood self loved <laughs> loved this movie. Is this an yeah. end segment that I'm not introduced to? We're good, Sorry. we're
0: good. I mean we're getting there. We are getting there.
1: Okay. Um
0: If you actually we can just Because I can edit And then
1: we can Well this has to go
0: You can go <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just want to get in one last thing <laughs> Kendra wouldn't let us say it For a long time
0: My mind's telling me no But my body My body's telling me yeah I don't want to hurt nobody But there is something that I must confess
1: No, let's be fair. Mr. Dewey's creepy. He's I really, mean, really creepy. he's creepy, but well,
0: we didn't need to go into that.
1: He's really creepy. Then Richard Tyler slips and is laying unconscious in the back room. And then Mr. Dewey is just standing over him when he wakes up. Yeah. I'm just all we're saying. He's going, hello. I don't know. He's snapping his fingers Can in front of him. Can you not snap? Does that make uh, pops in the microphone?
0: That's a snap. Oh, she means- What you were doing is
1: not a It's my sl- sliding my wet fingers across <laughs> each other because it's very hot in my apartment right now. Oh, um, mm.
0: well. Um, okay, guys. I think let's... Let's...
1: Adult okay. v childhood.
0: Let's let's move on. Um, yes, this has this and- been a bad episode? <laughs> 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 uh,
1: I I don't know because you guys do this more than me. So <laughs> at the <laughs> end, I'm get right. Jake, Jake, you made this shitty. <laughs> Jake
0: tried. <laughs> Patrick Williams is going to really enjoy this episode.
1: <laughs> My brother's a piece of shit, and he came on and he just fucking made it all dirty and weird. <laughs> Shitty. Anyway, Jake, what we do at the end is we rate, we rate it as you would now versus uh, as you were as a, the target demographic age. Mm-hmm. So basically when we watched it. so When
0: we watched it. What
1: do you think of it now? What did you think of it when you were the kid watching it? Do you rank it from a scale from 1 to 10? We, what have, is a, your we ranking have a system? scale
0: of 1 to 5. 1 to 5? Okay. Yes. yes.
1: Um, and what do you start with first? Adult or Adult kid? and then what? kid.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Go for it. Um, okay. Just standardize uh, it. As somebody that watched the movie two days ago, uh, that doesn't make sense, the podcast, but I watched it recently and I would probably give it um, two stars. Okay. And then as a kid, I would have probably given it five stars because we watched the movie 20 fucking times. (laughs) It's like the best movie of all time. I uh, agree. As a child, um, I loved this movie. I was so excited because it was super digestible, 75 minutes, and like. I liked every segment because there was just a monster and a big whale and pirates and shit. So, like, I mean, they knew what they were doing in that regard. So I gave it... I would say I would give it, like, four and a half stars in comparison to the movies that I think are, like, timeless, even as a kid. Um, But, yeah, I liked it. Um, As an adult, um, as someone who's seen this as a movie for children and holding, you know, implicit messages for kids and things like that, this movie is meaningless. Uh, It fails in its purported goal of sort of sparking an interest in reading. And so I would give this movie also like a two a two and a half out of five, which is okay because I still think the animation and some of the acting is pretty good.
0: Yeah. Um. So had I been watching this as a kid, I think I probably would have given a four star. I was a kid who loved to read. I loved anything that depicted... Images of the classic books that my mom like forced me to sit down on the porch and read with her So I would have appreciated these classic works of literature coming to life So I'm gonna give it a four. I'm not gonna say a five because it was about a boy and That would have bothered me ultimately ultimately. um as an adult I watched this movie um, on the six train during during my morning commute from 116th Street down to Brooklyn Bridge. And so it was actually a welcome diversion from the horror that is the 6th train, especially since this morning someone was hit by a train at 77th Street and everything just went to hell after you that. You are
1: not judging this movie objectively. Yeah, that's You're not... You're talking a, about it in context no, of a morning commute. But, uh, but, and a death.
0: But, a death. no, there was... I did not say a death. Okay. I did not say death. Injury. An
1: accident. An accident. accident.
0: But, because I did watch this movie on the sixth train on my Kindle, I have a lot of, like, very soft feelings towards it. Like, I was very glad to be watching it on my way to work. Um, and I really liked the animation, um, Macaulay Culkin was a bit of a stiff actor as we spoke about briefly earlier, but I didn't hate this movie and especially comparing it with the other nineties kids movies that we've watched. I'm comfortable giving it a three. I'm comfortable giving it a three. Okay. As an adult. Okay. Yeah. So So we have a two, a 2.5 and a three. That's right. So this, I guess it's not a terrible movie. We've it's, got a, a 2.5 average there.
1: It's forgettable, but something you can put on.
0: Yeah, great. So, I mean, if you want to show this to your children, there's certainly nothing as offensive as the ladybugs in there, right. and um, it's not as hard to follow as Blank Check.
1: Yeah. yeah. Blank Check, I would say, is actually, like, a little bit propagandistic. Wow. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. To,
1: to paraphrase a uh, review of this movie that I read, um, in in certain respects, the most redeeming quality of this movie is its abbreviated running time.
0: I, hey, this is a movie that knows what it wants. It's lean, and it just sort of gets straight to the point, for better or for worse.
1: I don't think it knows what it wants, but, you know, maybe, the, maybe this conversation is what kids will be having after they watch it, and it'll... It'll grow their brains. Whatever you imagine. Thanks for that. And wherever you dream. (laughs) Salutations.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us at the Kids Table. Um, Once again, this has been Kendra James and Matt Torpy. Bye. Our our guest this week was Jake Torpy, who is Matt's brother. Um, No, I'm not. I'm really happy to say that next week we're going to be watching uh, The Prince of Egypt, which is DreamWorks' first animated feature of the 90s, and that's a movie that is actually, I have watched it as an adult, that is a quality-ass movie, and I think it's going to be a really fun and happy discussion that we're not going to have to mute with white wine and uh, sweet tarts flavored vodka.
1: Which is disgusting and tastes like poison. Do not buy it.
0: No, it, it, it smells terrible. Um, But please um, forgive <laughs> us and join us next week for The Prince of Egypt. Thank you guys. Bye!